1: Find a
2: location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
3: All that glitters is not gold. Or The Poor Girl's Diary. A comic drama in two acts. By John Madison and Thomas Gordon. Act One. C, hall in Jasper Plum's house in Bristol, wide entrance door left in flat, showing a portion of the interior of the factory, large window right in flat, showing exterior of factory, etc., entrance, right upper entrance, leading to Jasper's apartment table at back, and cheval glass, four chairs. Jasper Plum, Harris, and servants discovered.
1: Well, Harris, are you nearly ready? Is everything in a state of suitable splendor? Yes, Mister Plum. Harris, if you could contrive to drop the ease, hey, Mister Plum, and pick up Yes, Mr. Plum, you would very much oblige, Mr. Plum. Yes. Maester Plum? thank you, Harris. Now, begone, all of you, and mind you deceived Lady Leatherbridge with all the elegant ceremonial I've been trying to instill into your thick Somersetshire heads for the last seven weeks. Silence, above all things.
3: Yes, Master, Master Plum. Exempt servants and Harris, right upper entrance. Work people, left exit in flat.
1: At length the great, the happy day is arrived. This very morning, my boy, Frederick William becomes the husband of the Lady Valeria Westendley, the real daughter of a real earl. Without a penny, to be sure, but with the reversion of a title to her children, so that I, Jasper Plum, the head of the House of Plum, am probably destined to be the grandfather of a peer of the realm. What a glorious wind-up to forty years, cotton-spinning! Past ten, I declare, and Frederick William not returned, and a precious brother of his, Stephen, the eldest board of the House of Plum, I'll be bound the idle dog's hard at work still.
3: Stephen, without left. That'll do, lads,
1: that'll do. Here he comes.
3: Enter Stephen, left entrance, flat. In his working dress, "'Patches of raw cotton sticking to his clothes, hair, and etc.' "'He turns right and speaks
4: off. "'No more work today. "'A holiday and a crown ahead to drink happiness to the bride and bridegroom, "'health to Jasper Plum, and long life to the cotton mill.' "'Workmen shout, Hurrah! (laughs) "'Behind.
1: "'No, there's a nice-looking young man for a wedding party.'
3: Stephen left.
1: "'Ah, Dad. How are you, Dad?' "'Jasper, right.' "'Not dressed yet? "'What are you thinking of, you idle dog?' "'Idle? "'Excuse me, Dad. "'I was at work afore
4: daylight.'
1: "'Work? "'Daylight? "'What have you to do with daylight? "'Such a day as this! "'Don't you know that Lady Leatherbridge "'and her niece, Lady Valeria, "'will be here presently? "'Go to that glass, sir, "'gaze upon that coat, "'waistcoat and trousers,' including boots and sparrow-bills, and then, tell me, is that figure Stephen Plum, or a common cotton spinner out of the hundreds in his employ? Well,
4: and what's Stephen Plum, after all said and done, but a common spinner, too? A common spinner growed rich, like his father before him. Wasn't his father, bless the old face of him, wasn't he a common spinner, too? No, he wasn't. "'Jasper Plum was no common spinner. "'He was one in a thousand, he was. "'Lord, lord, didn't he used to make the bobbins fly? "'And didn't he card and comb till his face was as shiny red as a brand-new penny bit?' Sighing. (sighs) "'Ah, Dad, you were something like a man,
1: then, you was.'
3: Jasper, smiling conceitedly.
1: "'Well, I believe I was rather a good hand. "'But those mechanical times are gone. "'We are now gentlemen.' Speak
4: for yourself, Dad. I'm no gentleman. I was, and am, and always shall be a cotton-spinner. Now, don't be unreasonable, Dad. Haven't you made Brother Freddy a gentleman? Surely one gentleman in a family's quite enough.
1: Yes, Frederick William's a pretty fellow. A very pretty fellow. Freddy's been
4: wound on a different bobbin to me. Freddy's been to Oxford College and learned no end of learning. And Freddy's been to London and seen no end of London life
1: and if you hadn't preferred living like a bear, you might have accompanied him, and seen how all the mothers, who had daughters to marry, tried to get him to marry their daughters. Even the head of the illustrious House of Leatherbridge graciously condescended to accept his proposals for her niece, Lady Valeria Westendley. The whole affair was moved, debated, and carried in a week, only it was arranged that the wedding should take place here at Bristol during the family's visit to Clifton, to avoid what we call eclat, eclat, sir.
3: Dignified.
1: Well, I don't wonder at Freddy. Freddy's a handsome
4: chap, and a thorough good fellow. And Jasper Plum's the warmest man in our parts, and can put a hundred thousand yellow boys into Freddy's breeches' pockets.
1: Yellow boys? Breeches' pocket? Stephen Plum, I hope you don't mean to discharge such fearful expressions in the hearing of Lady Leatherbridge.
4: Bless you, no. Before them female knobs, my grammar'll be as right as a trivet.
1: Female knobs? Right as a trivet? Stephen, Stephen, the sad truth is you've got no elevation of soul. Look at your associates, that familiar illiterate fellow Toby Twinkled in particular. "'Don't abuse Toby, Dad.
4: "'Why, he's the life and soul of the mill. "'We should all go to sleep if it wasn't for Toby Twinkle. "'Besides, he'd lay down his life a dozen times over to
1: serve me. "'I know he would.' "'That's very attentive of Mr. Twinkle, very. "'But though he may be very great cronies in the mill, "'he might drop his acquaintance out of it.'
4: "'What, cut Toby Twinkle? "'Why,
1: the poor fellow would break his heart. "'No, no.
4: "'My friendship is no respecter of places.' "'In the mill or out of it. Alone or for company, I'll take Toby by the hand, for I love him, Dad, almost as much as I love my
1: own brother.' "'Oh, Stephen Plum, you live and die in cotton.' "'I hope so.
4: I mean to stick to cotton as long as cotton sticks to me.'
3: "'Jasper, taking cotton off his coat.'
4: "'Cotton
1: sticks to you too much, Stephen Plum.'
4: "'I wish you'd stick to cotton, Dad, and get rid of all these fine new silk and satin notions of yours.' The idea of your idling away your time, studying parlez-vous Francais, and then getting that whacking looking-glass, where I seed you making great ugly faces at yourself. Don't say you didn't, cause Toby and I catched you at it the other morning. Ah, we did laugh, surely.
1: (laughs) What you are pleased to call great ugly faces, sir, were postures and smiles to receive my guests. And look at the result. Behold, the transmogrified jasper plum passed into the state of butterfly out of the state of grub. A butterfly? You?
4: I say, Dad, don't you feel a little stiffish about the wings? <laughs> butterfly and grub. Lord love you, if it pleases the little heart of you. You can turn and be a butterfly, bone and a bower, but I mean to grub on as heaven made me. Suddenly serious. Look you, Dad, winter and summer, in work and out of work, I can manage to keep five hundred cotton spinners, families and all, a matter of two thousand poor creatures, and every man, woman, and child among them has helped to make us rich. For my part, I can't lift a bit to my mouth, but I ask myself if any of theirs be empty. No, no, I must live and die among them. But what need to tell you so? Don't they love you, and you love them as dear? As dear as can be? Bless your
1: old heart. I know you do.
3: Wipes his eyes. Jasper, aside and affected.
1: The monster isn't quite a monster all over.
3: Frederick, without right upper entrance.
1: Bring everything into the hall.
2: Here's Frederick William.
3: Enter Frederick, right upper entrance. Frederick, center.
2: Ah, Father, good morning. Another to you, Stephen.
3: Shaking hands heartily, Stephen left.
4: Well, and another to you, Freddy.
3: Jasper, right.
1: Frederick William, where have you been? Ah,
2: I see. Presents for your lovely bride.
3: Frederick center.
2: Just received by the express train. A rather costly collection.
3: Jasper, right.
2: Quite right. Let the cost of the taste be worthy of the
1: plums. To be sure. I say, Freddy, talking of the
4: taste of the plums... I hope there's a jolly plum cake for the young lady. Silence,
2: you sensualist. You may depend on the quality, Father. Everything was selected by my friend, Sir Arthur Lazell, whose exquisite gout is proverbial.
3: Jasper, right.
2: His friendship, my dear boy, does you honor.
3: Frederick, center.
2: To him, I owe my success in London last winter. In short, I am under infinite obligations to my friend Arthur.
3: Stephen,
4: Left. He is I'm told your friend Arthur helped you to get rid of
1: twelve hundred pounds in a couple of months. I call that doing the tidy, Dad. Doing the tidy, doing the noble, sir. Of course, Sir Arthur will be here to add lustre to your wedding. He tells me I may certainly depend on
2: him.
3: Enter Harris, right upper entrance.
1: Here be Maister Tothersite, a lawyer from London. Says he wants to see Maister Plum particular. "'Bring him to my study, you hot-and-tot!'
3: Exit Harris, right.
1: "'Oh, ladyship's attorney! "'When I touch the bell, come to us, Frederick William, "'to put the last stroke of the pen to the jointure. "'Meanwhile, do endeavour to give that unfortunate brother of yours "'some idea of how to behave comme il faut before the ladies.'
3: Solemnly to Stephen.
1: "'Comme il faut, sir!'
3: Exit right upper entrance.
1: "'Well, Freddy?'
2: And so
4: I'm going to see your high-born lady at last, eh? Do you know I feel in a bit of a
2: twitteration?
4: Frederick, right.
3: There is
2: no need for it, Stephen. Valeria is as amiable as she is beautiful. I may well be in vain of her partiality. I, who have nothing but fortune to offer her.
4: Then I should say you are well matched. For I'm told she has got nothing but title to offer you. But think how title helps fortune
2: to move on in life. No doubt, Aunt.
4: But it do seem to me that without fortune, title can't move on at all.
2: But title commands fortune by extending connection. For instance, my friend Sir Arthur has already hinted at the possibility of my obtaining some diplomatic appointment. At a foreign court. I own. The prospect warms me.
4: Well, there be no accounting for tastes. As for me, give me a cottage and a sanded floor in Old England for all the foreign courts in the world. Ha <laughs> ha!
2: Now, my dear Stephen, you must be influenced by the great change in our family position. You will, I'm sure, forsake these habits of life, leave off personal labor, receive company, see the world, and some day or other, Who knows, but you may marry as advantageously as I. Who? Me? You be joking. Far from it. Think of a wife with a title and a coat
4: of arms. Well, if you will have me talk serious, I must tell you, Freddy, I want no title with a wife but the title of a fond and faithful woman, and to get such a one, I could manage to do without a coat of arms or
2: without arms to my coat, for the matter of that. By the by, Stephen, I hope the whispers I hear among the factory people are untrue. What do you mean? What whispers? That there is a certain black-eyed girl amongst them, and that you spoil many a reel of cotton by looking at her eyes instead of your bobbins. What need a whisper in that? Martha Gibbs is the sort of girl any man might look at. I've noticed her. A clever, handsome young creature. Evidently full of savoir-faire, and a perfect knowledge of the game. Full of what, brother? She's a perfect knowledge of the game of cotton-spinning,
4: and whatever that outlandish word may mean, let me tell you she's full of just that kind of stuff that every man loves in his own sister, and honors in his own mother.
2: Serious, I declare. Serious faith in the virtue of a factory girl. Yes, brother.
4: Serious faith in the virtue of a factory girl. They may talk about discovering this and discovering that, but take my word for it, we ain't made no discovery yet like finding that poverty and virtue can walk to their humble grave hand in hand together. Such a girl as Martha Gibbs. Ah, oh, I've had proof certain of that. What? That's a secret, Freddy. Looking around. But if I tell it you, will you keep it like honor bright?
2: I pledge to you my own. Then listen,
4: for some time gone, months now, Martha Gibbs has, somehow, run a good deal in my head. But bless you, I took care never to let it out. Well, Martha's an orphan, poor thing, and ain't got one friend in all Bristol. So Dad gave Martha a room in the mill to live in, just like Dad, that was. Well, go on my rounds at night to see lights out and all snug in the mill. I used to see a candle night after night in Martha's room, long after regulation hours. This surprised me, this did. So at last I thought of getting atop the opposite wing of the mill. Just above her window. Well, up I get. In I look. And there I see... Loud, what do you think?
2: How should I know?
4: There I see her, hard at work, at... Loud, what do you think?
2: How should I know?
4: Hard at work, writing in a book afore her. Presently, up she gets. Puts her scribbling things away in her box. Locks it. Slips behind her curtain and then... <laughs> All dark. Next night, the same. Next night, next night, and every night. Ditto, ditto, ditto.
2: Very strange. Perhaps correspondence with a lover? The very thing I
4: feared. I couldn't eat, drink, or sleep for it. I couldn't live without knowing the truth. So yesterday, while she was at work in the mill, I opened her door with my ring key. Her book was on the table. I opened it, and there I read...
3: LOUD. What do you think?
2: How should I know?
3: Confused noise of voices outside left.
2: Hush. I hear her.
4: I know her voice within a mile. I'll tell you all by and by.
3: Bell rings right.
2: My father's bell, I must leave you. Pray lose no time, my dear Stephen. And for my sake, throw a little more care into your dress today. I wish to present you to my bride... AS MUCH A GENTLEMAN IN ASPECT AS YOU ARE IN HEART AND SOUL." EXIT
3: RIGHT UPPER ENTRANCE, NOISE OF VOICES AGAIN.
2: MARTHA'S VOICE
4: AGAIN, AND TOBY'S TOO, AND BOTH FLINGING ALONG THIS WAY. WHY, WHAT'S THE MATTER?
3: ENTER MARTHA, LEFT DOWN FRONT, hurriedly FOLLOWED BY TOBY, WHO ENTERS WITH HIS BACK TO THE AUDIENCE, SPARRING AND HITTING OUT VIOLENTLY WITH BOTH HANDS. Toby left.
5: Come on, one at a time or all at once. It's the same to me. (laughs) Ugh, cowards.
3: Stephen, right.
5: Why, Martha, what's the meaning of
4: all this?
3: Martha, center, walking to and fro. I cannot speak. I refer you to Mr. Twinkle, sir. Retires up center. Toby, turning
5: and showing his nose bloody. And Mr. Twinkle refers you to his nose, sir.
3: Stephen crosses to Toby.
5: I heard angry words. Something unpleasant has happened in the mill? Yes, I got my nose broken in the mill.
3: Sparring again. Martha coming down right.
0: To be insulted like this. I could cry, but I won't. Oh, I wish I was a man. Crosses to centre.
5: So do I, if it was only for five minutes, just for the sake of seeing you give them one for their knobs all around.
0: Stephen right.'
5: "'Insulted? You, Martha?'
0: "'Martha, center, suddenly.' "'Mr. Stephen Plum, I'd be obliged to you if you'd pay me my wages "'and let me leave the factory this very day.' "'As if relieved.' "'There.' "'Toby, left, imitating.'
5: "'There.'
0: Stephen right.'
4: "'Leave the factory? You, Martha? No, no.'
0: "'Martha, center.' "'You cannot stop me. You have no claim on me.'
4: "'No claim, Martha.' But the claim of wishing to be a friend to you. That's all, Martha. Have you anything to complain of against me?
0: No. Indeed, no. You have been a kind master, but that makes no difference. I want to go away. I will go away, sir. But why?
4: Why, Martha? What have they done to you, and who has done it?
0: Nobody has done it. Everybody has done it. Except Toby. Taking Toby's hand, kindly.
5: You hear? "'Except Toby. "'You'll be good enough to bear that important fact in mind. "'Except Toby.' "'Nobody? Everybody? "'What do
4: you mean? "'Now do tell me there's a dear. "'I mean, there's a good girl. "'If you've got the smallest bit of regard for me.'
0: "'But I haven't the smallest bit of regard for you. "'And so I told them all. "'Didn't I, Toby?'
5: "'That you certainly did.'
0: "'To Stephen.'
5: "'I'll do her justice to say she emphatically told them all.' individually and collectively, that she didn't care that about you.
3: Snapping his fingers.
5: You will drive me crazy between you presently. It's clear, Martha, you've been insulted in the factory. Only let me get in among them. Oh, I've been in among them already. I didn't stop to count how many I'd killed, because when I got this crack on my nose, it suddenly occurred to me that I'd had enough of it.
0: Stephen indicates that he will punish them. Besides, sir... That would only make em worse. No, if you must know, you shall hear it all from me. At least I'll try and tell you. Well, then, ever since this marriage of Mr. Frederick's has been talked about, there's been a dead set made at me. Oh, oh, says one. Mr. Frederick's going to be married, eh? So's Mr. Stephen, too, says another, And then what will become of somebody not far off that's been fool enough to listen to him, says a third. And then they all look at me. And look in such a way, don't they, Toby? Yes, that
5: sort of thing. Leering? There's old Sarah White in particular. Sarah's only got one eye, and that squint's. So you may imagine the peculiar expression that Sarah throws into that one eye.
0: I couldn't bear it. What do you mean, I said. What's Mr. Stephen to me? I don't care for Mr. Stephen. I don't care for you, Mr. Stephen. Do I? And Mr. Stephen don't care for me. You don't, do you? Stephen bothered. Why? To be sure, now and then, when I've been dressed in my best, you've told me I was a smart girl or something of that sort, just in your good-tempered way. But as for thinking twice of a poor girl like me, you don't, do you? Why don't you say no? Stephen bothered. Why, Martha... I see you don't, and I told him so. Didn't I, Toby?
5: You did.
0: And then they were cruel enough to say I was nothing but... I can't. I won't tell you that. Stephen, furious.
4: I know what they said. They said...
0: Martha, stopping him. You do not know what they said, because you couldn't repeat it.
5: The foul-mouthed villains. Cold-blooded ruffians. Old Sarah White in particular.
0: I shall leave the mill with a full heart. A very full heart. I thank you for all your goodness to me, Mr. Stephen. But it's my duty to go, and go I will.
4: No, don't say so, Martha. Do you think I'll let you go, a first-rate spinner like you? Besides, don't I know? Haven't I read? Read? What have you read? Why, I've read, I've read your character, to be sure. That's all, Martha. And now, at any rate, say you'll stop at the mill till tomorrow?
0: Well... I'm sure I wouldn't, if I could help it, disturb a happy day like this. Besides, I long to see Lady Valeria, whom I once knew so well and haven't met for so long.
4: You know her ladyship,
5: Lady Valeria?
0: We once lived and loved like sisters. My poor father was one of the late Earl's gamekeepers.
5: A gamekeeper? Do you know I never see a gamekeeper with his gun and his double-barrelled dog that I don't envy him?
0: He died by the shot of a poacher.
5: Oh, that alters the case materially.
0: Retires up left. Lady Westonley took my mother and me to the hall, fed, clothed, educated me, and made me Lady Valeria's playfellow. Oh, that I could live or die to show my love and gratitude for that woman. But she died young. My poor mother soon followed her. The Earl took his daughter to London, and I went out to factory work. Bell rings right. Your father's bell. Good day, Mr. Stephen.
4: Good day, Martha. I say, Martha, we may as well shake hands. No great harm in that.
0: Takes her hand.
4: That's as it should be. Don't forget, no going away, Martha. What should I do without you? I mean, what would you do without me? No, uh, I mean, what should we do without each other? No, no, I don't know what I mean, but I shall know afore to-morrow, and so shall you. Goodbye, Martha. Why, I don't believe we shook hands after all.
0: I don't think we did, sir.
4: I'm sure we didn't.
3: Shaking her hand again.
4: There. God bless thee.
3: She walks slowly to left entrance, turns, their eyes meet, and she exits rapidly, left entrance.
4: Lord, Lord, how I do love that girl. And now, Toby, tell me, have you done as I told you?
5: Have you watched her narrowly? Do you think Martha cares for me? Toby, right. Well, the result of my observation hitherto induces me to assert, without the fear of contradiction, that I haven't come to any decided opinion upon the subject whatsoever. Stephen left. You don't think she loves another? I'm sure she don't, except me. And, of course, no woman can see so useful and ornamental an article as a nose disfigured in her defence, as mine has been, without feeling an intense interest in the man whose property that nose is. Pshaw! I'd give uh, I-don't-know-what to know if Martha cares for me.
3: Toby, suddenly.
5: Then I'll tell you. And not only that... But I'll tell you if you'll be married, when you'll be married, where you'll be married, how many children you'll have, how many boys, how many girls. In short, all about you for as many years to come as you think proper to mention. <laughs> I forgot, Toby, that you call yourself a bit of a conjurer. You may laugh, Mr Stephen, but I have an inward conviction that in taking to cotton-spinning I mistook my calling and that I was born to be a necromancer. Ah, just because you went and seed some conjuring chap at the playhouse six months ago. Conjuring chap? Don't speak in that disrespectful way of the wizard Jacobs, if you love me. Ah, that Jacobs, I dote upon that Jacobs. The style in which he smashed people's watches and changed silver pencil cases into guinea pigs. And then to see him lay eggs! I shall never forget his laying eggs! I could think of nothing else! It quite haunted me! In short, I did nothing but lay eggs all night long for weeks and weeks together. From that moment, I fancied myself a wizard! <laughs> And you're really silly enough to fancy that you can foretell? Anything and everything. Consequently, when anybody wishes to know anything, I say to him, as I do to you, take a card.
4: Presenting Pack. Pshaw! My mind's made up. I can't live without Martha. And here comes Dad. So I'll strike while the iron's hot.
3: Retires up left. Enter Jasper. Right upper entrance. Jasper, right.
1: All's done. The papers are signed. The factory folks are perfect in their parts out of doors. The servants are perfect in their parts indoors. I flatter myself the plums will come out rather strong to meet the Leatherbridges. Seeing Toby. Hello. And pray, sir, what do you want here?
5: Toby, left. Do you particularly wish to know?
1: I do.
3: Then take a card. Presents pack. Jasper drives him to left. He goes out left entrance in flat. Stephen coming down left aside.
1: Now for it.
3: Plaintively. Dad? Jasper, right.
1: You still here? And not dressed yet? Stephen Stephen. Is it your wish to drive me crazy? I'll do that or
4: anything else to make myself agreeable to Dad, because I want Dad to make himself agreeable to me. I want to tell Dad a secret. I'm in love. In what? In love. And I don't mind to tell you another secret. It's with a woman. In love with a woman? Yes. And now you're in for it. I'll tell you a third secret. I want to marry her off hand
1: directly. The boy's mad. His brother's marriage has got into his head and turned it. You marry? And marry a woman, too? What next, I wonder? Don't be angry, Dad.
4: I only want a wife of my own, like my father before me. So you'd very much oblige me if
1: you'd just name the time and keep it.
3: Jasper, right.
1: Indeed. Before I name the time, sir, perhaps you'll condescend to name the woman.
3: Stephen left.
1: Ah, now comes the squeege. I say, Dad, you see
4: that hook atop the ceiling? That's just where you'll jump to when you hear who tis. Well, then— The woman I love and want to marry is Martha Gibbs. Now, don't
1: jump.
3: Holding Jasper down.
1: Martha Gibbs. Oh, come, I like this. There's some character about such damnable audacity. It tickles one to have one's hair stand on end. Degenerate offspring. Do you want to be the death of the house of plum? Quite the other thing, Dad. I shouldn't wonder if I put a deal of new life into the House of Plum. And do you think I'll ever sanction such an alliance for a son of mine? Never, never! The voice of all your ancestors exclaims, Never, never! Then I wish my ancestors would just speak when they're spoke to. Reflect, a rash youth. What was this creature, Martha? A beggar, asking charity? No, she asked for wages, and paid you with hard work. And who was she? I asked for her ancestry. "'She never had any. I asked for her parents. I don't believe she ever had any.' "'Never had a father and mother?
4: Then weren't she a clever girl to manage to do without?'
1: <laughs> Reflect like a man, sir, and don't laugh like a horse. I'll turn that intriguing hussy Martha Gibbs out of the house this very day.'
3: Stephen, agitated.'
1: "'Stop, Dad. You don't. You can't mean that.' "'I do mean that, and I'll do it.'
3: Stephen, sorrowfully.'
4: No, you won't. You may save yourself the trouble now, and the pain afterwards. Martha has given notice. She means to quit the factory tomorrow morning.
1: A pleasant journey to her.
3: Stephen, assuming a tone of determination.
4: I hope so, because I go along with her. What did you say, sir? I go along with her. You, Stephen? Go and leave? Oh, Stephen!
3: Affected.
4: Perhaps it's best it should be so. "'Long's a day I've seen my father and brother are ashamed of me.' Stephen Plum.'
1: "'Reproachfully.'
4: "'And you'd have me marry a fine lady who'd be ashamed of me, too. "'But I won't. "'And if you won't have us near you, "'why, Martha and I must love you far away, "'and so shall our children far away.'
3: "'Jasper, affected.'
1: "'Well, I'll reflect. "'Let me have time to reflect.' "'That's but fair. "'I'll give you lots of time.'
3: Jasper aside.
4: That's a comfort.
3: Stephen, looking at watch.
4: I'll give you five and twenty minutes. Eh? Hey? Well, I don't mind making it half an hour. Now mind, in thirty minutes I'll return for your yes or no. If it's no, I must pack up my carpet because I can't go into the wide world without a change of linen. I should run distracted.
3: Shouts without. Oh! right upper entrance.
1: Ah, those shouts. Their ladyship's at last. Now, Stephen Plum, If you've any lingering love for your half-expiring father, mind your manners. Say as little as possible. And above all, go and put on your new clothes. Don't let the lady see you in undress.
3: Runs out at right upper entrance.
1: Let
4: the lady see me undressed. I don't mean to.
3: Shouts without right upper entrance. Enter the factory workmen, with Toby at their head. All with large wedding favors, left entrance. Lady Leatherbridge escorted with immense formality by Jasper, then Frederick, and Lady Valeria. Servants in rich liveries proceeding. Right upper entrance. Stephen hides amongst the workmen left. Stephen left aside to Toby.
4: I say, Toby, just look at Dad. Ain't he doing the polite to the old lady?
1: My august Lady Leatherbridge. "'My lovely Lady Valeria, I can only say, that is, I—' "'I say, Toby, there's
2: Dad stuck fast already.'
3: "'Frederick, right center.
2: "'My dear Valeria, how can I express my thanks to you "'for waving form and consenting to proceed to church from my father's factory?'
3: "'Valeria,
6: left entrance.' "'Indeed, Frederick, no trace of a factory is perceptible. "'Every object around blends costliness and taste.'
3: Jasper bows to the ground. Frederick and Valeria cross to right at
7: back. Lady Leatherbridge crosses to center. Oh, quite so. And then I quite long to see your people at work. It must be quite a curiosity to see people work, especially when one has never done anything in the world oneself. Stephen, aside.
4: Did you hear that, Toby? Never did anything in the world herself.
7: Toby left
4: i wonder how she
2: set about it
3: frederick right
2: your ladyship will gratify our workmen by your condescension they have decorated the factory in expectation of your visit
7: lady leatherbridge center well that's very civil of them i should like to reward them to distribute some beer some cheese and some bread among them, and then I should like to have them scramble for some copper coin. I wish to make a suitable return for the pretty feeling they've got up. Stephen left.
4: Feeling they've got up. I can't stand the like of that. Back me up, Toby.
3: Toby left. Oh, I will. Stephen left. Advancing with Toby close to him.
5: You'll excuse me, my lady. Yes. You'll excuse me, my lady leather...
3: Aside to Stephen.
5: What's her name?
1: Leather breech.
3: (laughs) Jasper, left centre, aside to him.
1: Stop that infernal laugh.
3: Toby, aside to Stephen.
5: I say, if his lordship was like her ladyship, what a funny old
1: pair of leather breeches they must have made between them.
3: Jasper, left centre.
1: Now, Stephen, if you must speak to her ladyship, "'Try and speak like a gentleman.'
3: Stephen crosses to centre.
1: "'I will.'
3: "'To Lady Leatherbridge.'
4: "'Excuse me, ma'am, but in these parts it's our way to pay working folks for work, and not for feeling. But seeing you never did nothing in the world yourself, we compute it to your ignorance, ma'am.'
3: Lady Leatherbridge, right centre, looking at him through her eyeglass. "'Who is that?' "'What is that?' "'Jasper.' Right center.
1: What is it? Why...
3: Turning Stephen
1: over to left. It's a sort of, but your ladyship needn't mind what it is.
3: Fred crosses to left center, taking Stephen by the
5: hand.
2: This, madam, is my father's eldest son, my dear brother, Stephen.
5: Toby left. Yes, my lady, these are the two chickens, and that's the old cock.
3: Pointing to Jasper, who indignantly
7: silences him. Lady Leatherbridge, left center. That a brother of yours, Frederick. The information was needed. I should never have guessed it. Fred, left center.
2: Yes, madam, and a brother I am proud to own. His industry and talent have doubled the productiveness of this large establishment, and if our workmen are the best in the country, it is because they work to show their love for Stephen Plum.
3: Placing his hand on Stephen's shoulder. Toby left enthusiastically.
5: Three cheers for Stephen Plum. Cheers. Hip hip. Hooray. hooray! Hip hip. Hooray. hooray! Hip hip.
3: Hooray. hooray! Jasper crosses to left at back.
1: I must get rid of this fellow.
3: Aloud.
1: Here, Toby. Give it to the refreshment room and see if everything is ready
7: driving him to right upper entrance. Do, it will be an occupation at any rate, and I'd require a little amusement.
3: Toby, coming down.
5: You do? Then I flatter myself, I can accommodate you.
3: Taking Pack out of his pocket, presenting it to Lady Leatherbridge.
5: Take a card.
3: Jasper drives him off, right hand. Martha, left, who has entered a short time before and has joined the factory people approaching and looking at Valeria.
0: Yes, tis she! And how beautiful she's grown! Stephen left, seeing her.
4: Ah, Martha, come here and have a talk with your old
1: friends.
3: Oh, no, Mr. Stephen, I dare not. Jasper sent her in a threatening tone.
1: No, you'd better not.
3: Aside.
1: Now then, to astonish the house of Leatherbridge. Aloud. Frederick William, isn't your friend the baronet arrived?
3: Lady Leatherbridge, coming to left-center. The baronet? What baronet?
1: An illustrious friend of Frederick William's, who is promised to grace his nuptials.
7: Lady Leatherbridge, left-center. A man of family. We'll await him, of course. Meanwhile, we'll accept your arm, Plum, to the refreshments. Come, Valeria. Valeria right crossing to back nay aunt i prefer the
6: refreshment of a little repose i will await your return here
3: takes off her bonnet and retires upright martha advances to receive it what do
6: i see is it possible yes it is martha gibbs
7: my friend and playfellow dear martha
3: bringing martha down left
7: and pray who is martha And who is Gibbs? Jasper, right, trying to intercept.
1: Nobody whatever.
4: There, you're wrong, Dad. Gibbs is Martha, and Martha is Gibbs.
3: Stephen retires up left and crosses to right at back. Valeria, left, to Lady Leatherbridge.
6: The child of the poor woman
0: your ladyship has so often heard me speak of.
3: Martha, left. Yes. To Lady Valeria.
0: The poor woman whom your mother sheltered and relieved. The poor child, fed, clothed, and educated by your bounty. Oh, how happy I am that you have not forgotten me. I am glad
6: to find that you have not forgotten me, Martha.
0: No, one may forget the good one does, but not the good that's done to us. Oh, no. Forgive me if I weep. My heart's so full.
3: Stephen, aside.
4: Poor, tender-hearted lamb.
3: Jasper, right-center,
7: aside.
1: The sly young crocodile.
7: Lady
3: Leatherbridge, left-center.
7: Now you mention it, I have a sort of recollection about somebody or something or other, but my nerves won't bear anything like sentiment. There is nothing in the world so unwholesome as sensibility. So once more, Plum... "'Your arm to the refreshments.' "'Enter Toby, right upper entrance.'
5: "'The eatables and drinkables are ready. "'There's lots of them, and what's more, they're as good as they look. "'I happen to know it because I've tasted them all.'
3: Stephen, right, aside to Jasper.'
4: "'Recollect, Dad, about Martha. "'You've only got ten
1: minutes left.' "'Begone, sinner, begone to your toilet. "'Allez-vous on to your new clothes.' Two servants. Lead the way to the refectory, Madame the Honour.
3: Hands Lady Leatherbridge out right upper entrance. Workmen shout, and all exient at left entrance in flat. Stephen, right aside.
4: I say, Freddy, you know silk from worsted you do.
3: Looking at Valeria.
4: E God, if you don't mind my having a bus at her, bless you, I don't.
3: Frederick, right.
2: Hush. The moment she's mine, you shall. Dear Valeria, let me prevail on you to take refreshments. Yes, do, ma'am.
4: Just a mouthful of something. And a glass of ale?
3: Valeria, left center. Thank
6: you, gentlemen. But do not think me rude, for I prefer to be left alone with my old playfellow, Martha.
3: Stephen, right.
4: You can't do better, ma'am. A chat with Martha will do your heart good. Come, Freddy. "'Do you go and learn the marriage service out of the book? "'And I, yes, I'll go and put on new clothes. "'Come along, Toby.'
3: "'Exit with Toby. "'Left entrance in flat. Fred "'Kisses Valeria's hand. "'Goes out. "'Right upper entrance.
0: "'Martha. "'Left. "'How long it seems since we parted, Lady Valeria, "'and to think that I should live to see you once more "'and see you on your wedding morning.' "'In a few minutes you will be the happy wife of an amiable and handsome bridegroom, "'for you know he is very handsome.'
3: "'Valeria, right? coldly.'
0: "'I really have thought very little on
6: the subject. "'My aunt told me I was poor, that Mr. Frederick Plum was rich, "'that the marriage would revive the fortune of our house, "'that I ought not to hesitate, therefore I did not, And in less than a week, the marriage was
0: negotiated. I must say, a week's acquaintance seems to me rather short. Oh, Martha, the formula of life which girls of rank
6: go through should be better known. At a given birthday, the schoolgirl lays aside her books to go into the world. There, she soon meets a man who seems to realise those visions of perfection we all of us indulge. She loves but only to be told that the omnipotent voice of circumstances forbids the indulgence of her affection. Another bridegroom is presented. In the wide world she has not one sympathetic bosom to confide in and weep upon. In mere despair she throws herself on his. This is a history of many a happy bride, that poverty envies, but should hug its rags for not resembling.
0: Why, Lady Valeria... What words and what a tone you are agitated, and I declare a tear
3: lo to her,
0: I am afraid there's some sad secret. No, no, twas but the dream of an hour, the very
6: recollection's gone. I must think, I will think no more of him of him, of whom anxiously, of no one, I am the bride of Frederick, and as you say, I am happy, very happy. <laughs>
0: Martha, aside. She frightens me. Tis plain she loves another. Forgive me, Martha, I am grown so selfish.
6: I talk of my own happiness and have not even asked how I can add to yours. You, who have been thrust into the world without a mother's help, without a mother's counsel.
0: No, not without her counsel. For the very words my poor dying mother said to me— are as fresh in my heart as if I heard them now. And do you know... Lo, I've found a way to live after them. A way to live after a dying mother's counsel? Oh, tell me, tell me how. Well, to you, only to you. Well, then, every night in my bedroom, I write down in a little book everything I can remember of what I've said, done, and thought all day. Good... Bad or indifferent, down it goes in my diary. And when I've made a clean breast of it, why then I say my prayers. Indeed. Next morning, the first thing on waking, I read what I confessed the night before. For example, now, once I was what you ladies call a flirting girl. At first I wouldn't write it down, but one day it led me to do a false and heartless thing that very night, down went the whole story in my little book. Next morning, I didn't like to read it, but read it I did, again and again, day after day and week after week, and at last, when I caught myself watching myself, afraid of having such another page as that to write and read, oh, then I knew I was cured. And so, I do believe— The poor, motherless, penniless, helpless factory girl has kept herself honest by keeping her diary honest, too. Oh, blessings on every school, in every village of the land, and blessings on the simple words over the door, reading and writing taught here. Forgive me, don't I talk more than should be? No. And have you never been in love, Martha? Oh, bless you, I don't say so. I don't pretend I've never looked and said, There, I could be happy. But when I know I can't get there by the lawful high road, I just shut my eyes or look another way. I admire
6: your courage, Martha, but you shall indulge your attachment, for henceforth it is under my protection. Your master, Mr. Stephen, seems the very soul of good nature. I'll speak to him about it.
0: "'Oh, not for the world. You
6: don't know—' "'My aunt and the company are returning. We will talk further to-morrow.'
3: "'Martha, aside—' "'Tomorrow. Alas, I shall be far away.' "'Company return. Lady Leatherbridge, escorted by Jasper and Fred. Right upper entrance. Stephen and Toby come in, left entrance in flat, in full dress. Toby bows all round. Fred—' Right center.
2: The hour come, and Sir Arthur not come. We must proceed without him. To Toby. My good fellow, desire the carriages to be drawn up to the door immediately.
3: Toby. Right. I fly. Starts off, suddenly stops.
2: Well, why don't you go?
5: I have my reasons.
3: Aside.
5: I thought the trousers were too tight when I put them on.
3: Backs out at right upper entrance. Stephen, left center, aside to Jasper.
4: Now, Dad, you've had your good forty minutes.
1: Come, your answer about Martha.
3: Jasper, right.
1: What shall I say, unhappy old plum that I
2: am?
3: Fred, advancing.
2: Father, the plan I suggested is the only rational way of proceeding. I know Stephen's character. He will do what he threatens. Let me speak to him. Do so. I give him up.
3: Retires up-center. Fred, right-center.
2: Stephen, my father has told me all, and he consents to your marriage.
3: Stephen, right.
2: Oh, really? Truly? On one condition? Let's have it. That you postpone it for three months during which Martha shall discontinue work and merely superintend the women. She shall live with us as one of the family, and associate with our friends at home and abroad. And if during that time her conduct prove irreproachable, and you persist in your determination, my father, I repeat, promises his consent. Your hand, Freddy, upon the bargain. Here is mine. Meantime, he exacts secrecy to Martha above all.
4: What? Mayn't I just give her a little bit of a hint, eh? Uh, no. Retires up. Three months. Lord, Lord, don't I wish the time was come.
3: Gatebell, right hand. Jasper, to
1: Fred. Your noble friend, at last.
3: Frederick, running to window.
2: Yes, tis he.
3: Enter servant. Door, right upper entrance. Sir Arthur LaSalle. Valeria, left. Starting violently, aside. Oh, heavens! Lady Leatherbridge, aside. Arthur, here! Enter Sir Arthur, right upper entrance, and comes down right. Valeria, left, aside. Yes, tis he, oh, misery. Martha, left, watching her. Lady Valeria, why, what ails
6: you? Valeria, left. Nothing, a little faint. Keep near me, Martha. Fred. Right,
2: My dear friend, heartily welcome. We began to despair of seeing you. Allow me to present my father.
3: Jasper bows to the ground, crosses left.
2: My bride, my Lady Leatherbridge.
3: Sir Arthur crosses to left center and bows to all successively.
2: My brother?
3: Toby, who gives him a patronizing nod.
2: How are you?
7: Lady Leatherbridge, right center. Sir Arthur Lascelle can, I believe, my eyes. Jasper right, to Sir Arthur.
1: What, you know the ladies, then?
7: Sir
3: Arthur, left centre. I have that honour. Bowing to Lady Leatherbridge, right centre.
8: That unspeakable happiness
3: Bowing to Valeria, left, who starts violently. Lady Leatherbridge,
7: aside. Be still, little flattering heart, be still.
2: Tis strange. I was not aware of the acquaintance.
7: Jasper,
3: right, aside.
2: Indeed, that certainly is strange.
3: Frederick retires up to window. Martha, left, struck by Valeria's
0: manner, aside. She grows worse and worse and can scarcely stand as he approaches her this must be is the man she loved i am afraid loves still i cannot will not leave her stephen coming down left
3: aside to martha
4: well martha what say you now you'll stay where you are won't you
3: martha eagerly and still watching valeria
0: i will i will aside to be near her In her need.
3: Jasper crosses to Frederick, who comes down center.
1: And now, my beloved boy, take your old father's blessing.
3: Embraces him.
1: I've loved you, Frederick, like my own life. Your wife will forgive a tear or two at parting.
3: Wipes his eyes. Church bells heard at back right. Work people enter left entrance in flat. When Stephen and Martha exeunt. They pass across the stage, looking out.
1: Hark! The merry bells invite us. My Lady Leatherbridge, the honour of your hand. Follow Frederick with your lovely bride.
3: Jasper and Lady Leatherbridge exeunt at right upper entrance. Frederick awaits Valeria left, who is apparently unconscious of what is passing. At last he passes to centre and touches her hand. She shudders and gives it. Sir Arthur Wright catches her eye and bows. Frederick and Valeria go out. Stephen is about to follow them when he turns and sees Sir Arthur looking at Martha left through his glass. He runs back, puts Martha's arm in his, and runs gaily out with her at right upper entrance. Sir Arthur, surprised at being thus left alone, turns and finds Toby close to him. Toby, after a pause, takes pack of cards from his pocket and presents them to Sir Arthur. Take a card? Sir Arthur looks at him with astonishment and exits right upper entrance indignantly. Toby follows. Work people laugh shouts outside, mingled with the bells. Curtain. End of Act One Of All That Glitters Is Not Gold by John Madison Morton and Thomas Morton. Act Two Of All That Glitters Is Not Gold by John Madison Morton and Thomas Morton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. All that glitters is not gold. Act 2. Scene. An apartment, brilliantly illuminated. Large folding doors at center. Showing a suite of rooms beyond, similarly illuminated. Large French casement window at right third entrance. Door, right second entrance. Door is left, first entrance. Left, second entrance. And left, third entrance. Sofa right armchairs, and etc. Table with writing materials left. Enter Jasper Plum at center in evening dress.
1: Come, I flatter myself my first assembly opens with satisfactory eclat. Everything I see, everything I hear, everything I touch, everything I smell appears to me to have something distinguishing about it. What over there? Ices for the ballroom.
3: Enter Toby at door right, second entrance, with large tray full of ices. He is in livery, Jasper
5: recognising him.
1: Hello. How the devil, sir, did you get here? Why,
5: being naturally anxious to witness the festivities on this occasion, and as he forgot to send me an invitation. No apologies, I forgive you. I requested permission of your son, Mr. Stephen Plum, to put on the
1: livery of the plums.
3: Crosses to table left, and places tray on it.
1: And pray, sir, what is it you do? Why,
5: I do the eating and drinking department. I chose it myself, because I felt competent to do the thing well.
3: Jasper, right.
1: And pray, sir,
5: is that all you do?
3: Toby, left.
5: No, sometimes I vary the monotony of the thing, by asking people to take cards or to let me show them a little conjuring. There's one trick especially that I'm very fond of doing. I borrow a gentleman's purse brimful of money and in an incredibly short space of time I return it to him perfectly empty. And what's more he never sees a farthing of his money again.
3: He retires. Sure. Aside.
1: Well thought of. "'I may make this fellow useful in carrying out my deep-laid plan. "'It is now two months since I promised that unhappy boy of mine, Stephen, "'that I were to transfer this uneducated girl, Martha Gibbs, from the factory to the salon. "'Tonight she makes her first curtsy in a ballroom. "'Surely there can be but one result. "'Her head must turn giddy with her sudden elevation, "'her vulgarity be exposed, perhaps her integrity shaken, "'and Stephen be cured of his infatuation.' "'I'll sit this fellow to watch her.'
3: Aloud,
1: "'Toby, come here.'
3: "'Looking about him mysteriously, Toby does the same.'
1: "'You seem to have a good pair of eyes in your head.'
5: "'Well, I hope they are, because I give you my honour. "'They're the only ones I've
1: got.' "'Listen, there is a certain person here tonight "'that I wish you to keep your eye upon.' "'Somebody you think likely to pocket the spoons?' "'Sure. "'In a word, the individual that I wish you not to lose sight of.' is your former associate in the factory, Martha Gibbs.
3: Hush! Toby, aside.
1: What's in the wind
5: now? Loud. Ah, yes. By the by, sir, the millfolks say that Martha has become quite a grand lady. That's the point.
1: I wish to know whether she makes a proper return for the kindness I have shown her. You will, therefore, watch her closely, and if you perceive the slightest levity of manner, or the most trifling want of decorum in her conduct, "'Inform me instantly.' "'Of course I
5: will.'
3: "'Aside.'
5: "'Of course I won't. "'I know a trick worth two of
1: that.'
3: "'Going to table and taking tray.'
1: "'And now, Toby, take that load of pineapple ice into the ballroom "'and present an ice to each lady at the end of the polka.' "'The polka. "'Oh, don't talk about it.'
3: "'Dancing the polka and ending with a pirouette, nearly upsetting the tray.'
1: Zounds! be quiet, and mind you, give it with a grace.' I hope you give ice with the grease, Toby. No, sir. I generally give it with a spoon. Sure. This is the sort of thing I mean.
3: Takes tray and presents it with a low bow to Toby. Toby takes ice and eats it.
1: Thank you. Hello.
5: Hello, sir. Well, I don't mind if I do.
3: Takes some cake. Eats.
5: There. That'll do for the present. And now I'll go and take a stroll
1: in the ballroom. Going. "'Stop, sir, and take your infernal tray along with you.'
3: "'Gives Toby the tray.'
1: "'And, Toby, be sure you present an ice to Lady Leatherbridge, spoon and all.'
3: "'Toby, right.'
1: "'What?
5: The old lady with a sort of yellow towel tied ever so many times round her head? "'I've given her nine already. She wanted another just now, and I wouldn't let
1: her have it.' "'Going.' "'One word more, Toby.' If you should have to announce any one of my guests, Sir Arthur Lassell, for instance, mind you, do it properly. Oh, I know.
5: Announcing. Here's Mr. Sir Arthur
1: Lassell. That's not it at all.
3: Announcing.
1: Sir Arthur Lassell, you blockhead. Now, go along.
3: As Toby goes towards centre, Sir Arthur enters centre from left, meets him, and is about to take ice off tray. Toby. Toby. Turning away,
5: well, I think you might have waited till I asked you.
3: Turning to Jasper and very loud, Sir Arthur Lassell, you blockhead. Exit centre and left.
1: Ah, Sir Arthur at last.
8: I beg to apologise, my dear Plum, but Lord Downing, my uncle, arrived at Clifton but two hours ago, hence my
1: detention. The cabinet minister. My dear Frederick Williams' patron, who so condescendingly attached him to a diplomatic mission to St. Petersburg, and sent him off fifteen days after his marriage, and all thanks to your influence, your solicitations. Generous man. This devotion to the interests of the Plum family is only the more intensely gratifying, proceeding as it does from the observed of all observers, a man who has turned half the female heads in the neighbourhood.
3: Aside to him.
1: I'll be bound, you've got half a dozen little love affairs on your hands at this moment,
8: You are wrong, coolly. It is the great moral principle of my life never to exceed two attachments at the same time.
1: only two at a time. conscientious man, sportsmen say, however, when you flush a covey, aim at only one bird,
3: Sir Arthur, right. That rule
8: depends upon the game. It holds good with partridges, not with women. Listen, profess love to two women, and you convert them into rivals. Jealousy begets competition. And I need not tell a man of business that competition always benefits the buyer.
3: Jasper
1: left. Ingenious creature. And i will be bound you have put your principle into practice with enviable success, eh? Tolerably so,
8: and entre nous rather effectively at this moment.
1: Indeed. Let me hear. Great creature, let me hear.
8: You are irresistible, my dear Plum. Well, then, one of the ladies in question I got acquainted with about two years ago at Ramsgate. One day, during my morning ride, I saw a runaway carriage, making for the bank of the cliff. Putting spurs on my horse, I succeeded in stopping a career that in a few moments would have been fatal.
1: To the carriage?
8: Including the lady.
1: Oh, I see. Your heroine number one.
8: Precisely. Of course, my acquaintance was solicited, and the romance promised the most interesting results, but, unluckily, my uncle insisted on my visiting the continent. Resistance or delay was impossible. However, on my recent return to England, I accidentally met the lady again, and although there are now other claims upon her which she chooses to fancy sacred, I hope to supersede them by means of the other heroine of the story.
1: The other? Oh, I remember. Number two.
8: Exactly. A very noticeable little creature indeed, who voluntarily throws herself in my way. Of course, she must be indulged. "'especially as she serves my projects with the other.'
1: "'Poor little number two. I'm afraid you'll sacrifice her to number one.'
3: Enter Valeria, at centre from left, exclaims, "'Ugh!' <gasps> oh! on seeing Sir Arthur. She is immediately and rapidly followed by Martha.
1: "'Do you know, I'd give the world to see this number one and number two.
8: a oh, little patience, and perhaps you may.'
3: Seeing Valeria right and seeing Martha left, smiling and looking at each in turn, aside.
8: He is one, and there is the other.
3: Martha, aside. Yes, he's here.
0: I feel sure of it. Jasper, center.
1: What do you want, Martha?
0: Martha, assuming naivete. Nothing. I only wanted a rest in here. It is so hot in there. Jasper, aside.
1: "'Rest in here? Hot in there? "'Poor Stephen, that ever a son of mine "'should marry such language as that! "'By the by, Martha, don't forget that my son Stephen "'and I have business early in the morning at Gloucester. "'We shall start the moment the ball is over. "'You had, therefore, better retire early "'in order to be stirring when factory work begins.'
3: "'Very well, sir.' "'Sir Arthur shows that this arrangement "'has not escaped him. "'Sir Arthur, write to Lady Valeria.'
8: "'Allow me to reconduct you to the ballroom.'
3: "'Aside to her and earnestly.'
8: "'I must speak with you alone. Hush, we are observed.' "'Loud.' "'We shall see you presently, my dear Mr. Plum.'
3: "'Conducts Lady Valeria out at centre and left. Martha left aside.' "'Again together.' About to follow.
1: Hey, dear, Miss Martha, is that the way you take a rest in here because it is so hot in there?
3: Martha, not
0: minding him and still looking after Sir Arthur. He leads her to a retired part of the room. She leans on him for treacherous support. I'll part them at every risk in spite of him, in spite of herself. My dear departed mistress, help me to save your child. Exit center and left.
1: Well, somehow or other, I begin to feel a horrible suspicion that my exceedingly deep-laid plan against Martha will turn out excessively shallow.
3: Enter Lady Leatherbridge hastily center from left. The bold, impertinent Minx. Walking to left.
1: Her ladyship, and apparently in a devil of a passion.
3: Following her. The pert,
7: presumptuous hussy. Jasper. "'Still walking after her.
1: "'You seem agitated. "'I dread to inquire the cause. "'Haven't they given you enough to eat and drink?'
3: "'Lady Leatherbridge left, suddenly turning upon him.
7: "'Jasper jumps away. "'Eat and drink, man. "'Do you think I'm a woman to be influenced by confectionery? "'Besides, I've partaken copiously of everything.'
3: "'Jasper aside.'
1: I begin to suspect she has. Loud. What is the matter?
7: Lady Leatherbridge. Loud and suddenly, Jasper jumps away. Plum, listen. There is a certain young woman, an inmate of your house. Report says the affianced bride of your eldest son. Jasper Wright.
1: I blush to confess it, but only conditionally. "'on the condition solely of her exemplary conduct.'
7: "'Lady Leatherbridge, left.' "'Tis on that point I wish to speak.' "'Loud again.' "'Do you sleep with your eyes open?' "'Never.' "'Because when awake you certainly keep them shut, "'or you would have perceived long ago "'the palpable designs of this girl Martha "'upon Sir Arthur LaSalle.'
1: "'Eh? What?'
7: "'Tonight she has made herself more conspicuous than ever.' "'Valeria and I have been equally annoyed by her. "'Sir Arthur can't speak to me, but Martha answers. "'Valeria can't move toward him, but Martha is in the way. "'In short, her behaviour is the common talk of the ballroom.'" Jasper Wright joyfully.
1: "'You don't mean it. "'My dear friend, your mortification gives me unspeakable pleasure, "'for if I can only fix this scandal upon the girl's character—' I shall have the moral satisfaction of turning her out of doors.
7: Indeed. Then I'll undertake to furnish conclusive evidence.
1: Only do that, and you'll save the Plum from disgrace, my son Stephen from a coquette, Sir Arthur from a persecution. And, by the by, you seem to take a lively interest in Sir Arthur, too.
3: Lady Leatherbridge, simpering.
7: Oh, Plum!
1: In fact, it's quite clear you love him.
7: "'Oh, Plum!'
1: "'As a mother.'
7: "'Lady Leatherbridge, very loud. "'Plum! Sir, I'll leave you to judge of my feelings "'when I tell you Sir Arthur saved my life.'
1: "'Saved your life, too?'
7: "'Aside.'
1: "'He seems to have a knack of saving ladies' lives.'
7: "'Can I ever forget that memorable morning at Ramsgate "'when he arrested my runaway carriage on the very brink of the cliff?' "'and rescued his Letitia from destruction.'
1: "'Ramsgate? "'Runaway carriage? "'Brink of the cliff?'
7: "'Aside.'
1: "'Gracious powers! "'Sir Arthur's heroine, number one. "'Well, I must say he's not particular to a year or 2
7: "'Doesn't the life that Arthur saved belong to Arthur? "'Don't you observe his incessant attentions? "'Is he ever out of the house?' Oh, Plum, you know how easy it is to touch a woman's feelings.
1: I do. Ha <laughs> ha, you along, do.
7: Slightly nudging her in the
3: side, Toby appears at centre from left with his tray. Jasper and Lady Leatherbridge look embarrassed.
5: It's all right. I didn't see anything. Leave the room, fellow.
3: Enter Stephen's centre from left. Toby, aside to Stephen.
5: I say... You'd better keep an eye upon your respected sire, because I just caught him tickling old Leatherbreech.
3: Exit Toby, centre and left. Stephen laughing very loud. <laughs> Jasper aside.
1: That damned laugh again. Loud. Well, Stephen, I've scarcely set eyes on you all the evening. How do you like the ball, Stephen? I hope you have been happy and comfortable.
3: Stephen, center.
1: Well, I can't say much for the comfort, Dad.
4: I don't see the comfort of squeezing folks together as tight as cotton bags.
1: But you don't forget the young and lovely women, Stephen.
4: No, I don't. But there be such a sight of old and ugly ones among them.
3: To Lady Leatherbridge.
4: Now, I don't say that because of you, my lady.
3: Lady Leatherbridge, left. Young man. Jasper, right.
4: Stephen Plum.
3: Stephen, center.
4: Well... Don't be angry. I'm a-going. I've got to dance, jolly old English Sir Roger de Coverley. I'd ask you, ma'am, only I'm better engaged.
1: Engaged? To whom? To Martha. I'll be bound. You've hit it. Then I rather think you'll find that Martha has got much pleasanter company than Sir Roger de Coverley.
3: Looking significantly at Lady Leatherbridge. Lady Leatherbridge, returning look.
7: Yes. Or Mr. Stephen Plum, either, I'm afraid. Stephen? Suddenly serious? What do you mean? Lady Leatherbridge, significantly. Nothing?
4: Nothing? Then I think it would be just as well to stay, what you mean. Come, Dad. Be as straightforward as I be. Consider your ladyship here out of the way and speak the truth. What's all this about Martha Gibbs? She'd be as good and modest a girl as ever trod the earth.
7: I rarely know very little about... "'Treading the earth, as I invariably ride. "'But a modest girl may be dazzled by an elegant exterior.'
1: "'Flattered by attentions,
7: "'Especially from a superior.'
1: "'To whom she's inferior.'
7: "'In a word, young man, I advise you as a friend "'to keep an eye upon Miss Martha Gibbs.'
1: "'So do I, one eye on her and one eye on somebody else
7: and that somebody else sir arthur lacerve
1: the young baronet martha
3: <laughs> very loud jasper aside
4: at a damned laugh again come dad and you my lady confess you've uttered a cruel calumny against a poor innocent girl and that you be ashamed of yourselves as you ought to be come confess it to do you good, both of you.
3: Judge for yourself. Points to Martha, who enters arm-in-arm with Sir Arthur. Lady Valeria, escorted by another gentleman, male and female guest, center from left. Stephen, aside.
4: Together. Arm-in-arm.
3: Lady Leatherbridge, significantly. Ahem. Retires to back. Sir Arthur. Right center. Really,
8: my good plum, your style of doing the thing is
3: by no means bad. Looking round, Jasper, left center, bowing.
1: My style of doing the thing feels itself highly honored.
3: Aside to him.
1: By the by, I've taken the enormous liberty of making a discovery. I've found out who your number one is.
3: Sir Arthur starts.
1: Indeed? Aside. I hope
3: not. Jasper, aside.
1: I have. And what's more, I'm happy to tell you, she dotes on you. In a word, Lady Leatherbridge is yours.
3: With great earnestness.
1: I happen to know it.
3: Sir Arthur, aside. Uh Aha. Loud.
8: I see I must be cautious when the eyes of so discerning a person as Mr. Plum are fixed on me.
3: Jasper bows, retires up. And joins the guest, at back. Sir Arthur joins Lady Valeria. Stephen left, who has been standing alone and abstracted.
4: I must. I will speak to her.
3: Loud. Martha!
0: Martha, right. Coming to him. Yes, Mr. Stephen. I've just two words to say
4: to you, Martha.
0: Indeed. Not now, presently. During the next dance. I hope you remember you are my partner.
4: Oh, yes. I've no objections to make a fool of myself for once, just to please you.
0: Taking her hand, and earnestly.
4: Martha!
3: Observing that she is looking at Sir Arthur, he quietly drops her hand, and turns away to hide his emotion. Martha, watching Sir Arthur and Lady Valeria.
0: He whispers to her again. Ah, that blush! That emotion! I cannot, dare not separate them again! What's to be done? Suddenly. Ah! Yes, it shall be so. Loud. Mr. Stephen. Stephen approaching.
4: Well, Martha.
3: Sir Arthur and Lady Valeria, who are talking apart, advance downstage right.
0: You'll not refuse me a favor?
4: I don't think I could if I tried. What is it, Martha?
0: Why, that you ask your sister-in-law, Lady Valeria, to be your partner for the next dance. Stephen, trying to conceal his vexation.
4: The next dance? "'Certainly, Martha, if you wish it. Only I thought—'
0: "'That you were engaged to me. So you are. Only Lady Valeria is evidently hurt at your want of attention. I see she is.'
4: "'Is she, though? Lord Lover? I'm sure I'll dance with her till I drop, and she too.'
0: "'Then make haste. Ask her before she is engaged. Now
3: go!' Pushing Stephen Stephen approaches Valeria, slightly shouldering
4: Sir Arthur to right. "'Beg pardon, baronet. Sister-in-law, I understand you want to dance with me. I mean, you understand I want to dance with you. That's it. I'm not much of a hand at it. So if you turn and twist me about too much, down I go as sure as a gun. However, I'll do my best.' Valeria aside. "'How fortunate! I can thus avoid the
6: interview Sir Arthur solicits.' Taking Stephen's arm. I assure you, my dear brother-in-law, I am only too happy to secure you for my cavalier.
4: Be you, though? Then come along.
3: Hurries Valeria out, pushing unceremoniously through other dancers, who follow them off with Jasper, centre and left. Sir Arthur, right.
8: So, so, she thinks to escape me
3: well let the
8: poor little bird flutter her wings a little longer and dream of liberty my prize may be delayed but is not the less secure i'll not lose sight
3: of her here lady leatherbridge puts her arm within his hiding her face modestly with her fan sir arthur annoyed goes out rapidly center and left Dragging her after him, soft music heard left upper entrance. Sir Roger de Coverley, Martha,
0: watching him out. Once more I've parted them, and for a short time at least, she is safe. Would that Mr. Frederick were returned, for every hour that prolongs his absence, gives hope to Sir Arthur, and fear to me. Looking off, center and left. Ah, what do I see? Sir Arthur again at her side— How earnestly he speaks to her. And there stands Mr. Stephen, staring up at the ceiling like a great simpleton. And now, now he starts off, dancing all by himself and throwing the whole room into confusion. If I could but interrupt them. Ah, Sir Arthur looks this way. Sees me. Shall I hesitate? No, her reputation must be saved, though I risk my own. Perhaps a smile, even from the poor factory girl, will not be lost upon his vanity.
3: Looking off at center and smiling. Yes,
0: he comes. Did he but know
3: how I despise and hate him? Seats herself right. Music ceases. Enter Sir Arthur, center from left. Sir Arthur aside.
8: I was right. She is here. And, of course, alone. "'That alluring smile couldn't be mistaken. "'As I have never been made love to before, "'I am rather curious to see how women set about
3: it.' Takes book seats himself at table left, "'pretending to read, but keeps his eyes on Martha. "'Martha, aside. "'He doesn't speak. "'Sir Arthur, aside.
8: "'Not a word.' "'Perhaps a step or two towards the door may assist her powers of articulation?'
3: "'Rises and moves towards door centre. Meets Toby, who appears centre from left with his tray. "'Nothing, I thank you.' "'Toby turns and goes out,
0: centre and left, Martha aside. "'If he leaves me, he returns to her.' aloud. "'Sir Arthur Lassell.' "'Ah, my
8: good
3: Martha.'
0: "'I wish to speak to you, a few moments are all I ask. "'You will then be free to return to another.'
3: "'With pretended emotion, Sir Arthur aside.'
8: "'Jealous. Better and better.' Aloud. "'Another, did you say?'
3: "'Martha, with heavy sigh.'
0: Hi ho "'Sir
3: Arthur aside.' "'Poor
8: thing. Now I look at her.' She's really very far from ill-looking.
3: Going up and taking chair left. Toby again appears with his tray, left third entrance. Sir Arthur sees him. Toby turns and goes out, left third entrance.
8: Damn that fellow.
3: Approaches Martha with chair, sits left center. Martha aside and watching him.
0: He remains. I thought so. Loud. The conversation which I ventured to interrupt must doubtless have been very interesting. At least it appeared so to the lady, especially. Nay, a mere
8: string of ballroom commonplaces.
0: Why deceive me? In your earnestness and her emotion, I read my own folly. And its punishment.
3: Turns her head away with pretended emotion. Sir Arthur, aside.
8: So, so. Now then, effectually to arouse her jealousy and the victory's mine.
3: About to take her hand, but stops on seeing Toby, who again appears at another door, right second entrance. After a pause, Toby turns and goes out again, right second entrance.
8: "'I shall kill that man presently. I'm sure I shall. "'Frankly, then, Martha, dear Martha?' "'Taking her hand, she shudders. "'The earnestness you observed in my manner to Lady Valeria "'was the natural effect of the language I was addressing her.'
0: "'Martha aside.' "'I must and will know the worst.' Aloud. "'Oh, Sir Arthur, think me mad if you will.' But did she... did she say... Unable to continue, suddenly. What did she say?
3: Sir Arthur, aside.
8: One drop more in her cup of jealousy, and she's
3: mine. Aloud. Her reply is
8: yet to come. Lo. I have solicited an interview tomorrow, and when the ball breaks up, "'Should she consent to meet me, "'she will let the flowers which she carries in her bosom fall to the ground.'
0: "'Martha, imploringly.' "'Oh, promise, swear to me that you will not meet her.' "'Sir Arthur, more boldly
3: and earnestly.'
8: "'On one condition, and on one condition only.'
3: "'Martha, hurriedly.' "'Name it.'
8: "'Listen, Martha.'
3: "'About to address her in a half-whisper.' Sees Toby, who appears at the door, left second entrance. Toby turns and goes out again. Sir Arthur watches him goes out. Then, low and rapidly to Martha, pointing to the window, right third entrance.
8: Yonder casement communicates with the garden. The moment Mr. Plum and his son have left the house for Gloucester, let me find that casement open and you here. On that condition, and that only, I will not meet the lady.
3: Martha, shuddering. No, no.
8: As you please. Lady Valeria may possibly be more compassionate.
3: Martha is about to speak.
8: Nay, I do not require your answer now. "'Reconsider my proposal, and when the company disperse, "'should you chance to feel less inflexible, "'recollect you have just taken your first lesson "'in the significant language of flowers.'"
3: Points to the nosegay she carries in her bosom and bows. At this moment, Stephen enters centre from left, sees him bow, and stops. Sir Arthur, going out at left third entrance, meets Toby, who again appears with his tray.
5: What the devil do you want, sir? Why, I've been waiting for a considerable time to ask you if you'd take an ice. No. Then perhaps you'll take a card. Be gone, booby. Exit
3: Sir Arthur, left third entrance, Toby following. Martha aside. An interview with him alone. No, no, I'm not prepared for that. Stephen, right, as if throwing off a painful suspicion and rapidly advancing. Martha. Martha, starting. Mr. Stephen!
4: I've been looking for you, Martha, and I was told by more than one of my father's guests that the surest way of finding Martha Gibbs was to look for the man who has just left her.
0: Martha, left. Oh, Mr. Stephen, you do not, cannot suspect. Stephen, taking her hand.
4: I never do suspect, Martha. Where I place my love, there I place my trust. And now, Martha, there's a secret—a secret that much concerns me and somebody else, Martha. A secret that I've had locked up in my breast for these three months past, and an uncommon hard matter I've had to keep it there, surely.
0: A secret?
4: Yes.
3: Taking her hand, and half timidly.
4: I'm—I—I'm going to be married, Martha. At least, I hope so.
3: Martha, with emotion, and withdrawing her hand. Married? You?
4: Don't take away your hand, Martha, but leave it where it is. In mine. As a token and a pledge that you will be my wife.
3: Your wife? Clasping his hand.
4: My wife, Martha. Oh, it's all settled long ago. Dad knows all about it. Freddy knows all about it. And soon everybody shall know all about it. In another week, the three months will be out, and then... Lord, Lord, it won't bear thinking about...
0: The three months? What do you mean?
4: Why... With hesitation. You see, when I told Dad how desperate fond I was of you, says he to me, Harky, Stephen, says he, let Martha know naught of this for three months, and if during that time she does nothing to forfeit the good character she holds, you shall be a husband, and I'll be a father to her. "'And now, Martha, you have my secret.'
0: "'Martha, with a strong impulse of affection—' "'And you shall have mine, Stephen. "'I love you. "'Truly, gratefully, dearly love you.'
3: Stephen. clasping her in his arms—'
4: "'Oh, oh, I'm so happy. "'I don't know what I want to do most, laugh or cry. "'Lord, Lord, what a wedding we'll have!' "'No fine folks in carriages. "'No powdered coachman and footman "'and all that gimcrack nonsense. "'No. "'No, Martha. "'We'll walk to church, "'arm in arm with all the factory at our heels, hundred of of "'and every one with a prayer in his heart "'and a blessing on his lips "'for his young master and mistress.' "'Suddenly trying
3: to look grave.'
4: "'But don't forget, Martha. "'There be another week to slip away. "'And mind, you'll be a better girl than ever, "'if that be possible.'
3: "'Guests pass across from left to right.
0: "'Do not fear. Do add confidence to your love. "'And whatever you may see, whatever you may hear, "'trust me, Stephen. I will be worthy of them both.'
4: "'Don't I know you will. "'Look, there be the company breaking up, not a word afore dad.
0: "'Retires upright. "'I can scarce believe my happiness.' A few minutes since, and I might have compromised myself, and lost the greatest joy that life can give, the honest love of an honest heart. I now renounce the task I had imposed upon myself. Henceforth, Lady Valeria, I can only pray for you.
3: Enter Lady Leatherbridge, Lady Valeria, and Sir Arthur, center from left, Jasper from left.
1: Where's Lady Valeria? Where's Lady Leatherbridge? Where's Stephen? Where's anybody? Where's everybody?
3: Runs in with open letter in his hand.
1: News Great glorious news. What? What? He's here. I mean he will be here. He's come back. That is, he's coming back. Who? Who
3: Jasper Center.
1: Frederick William, my darling son.
3: To Valeria.
1: Your husband.
3: To Stephen.
1: Your brother. Brother Freddy coming back? Huzzah! I've just received this letter. My boy is now on his return to England. Nay, maybe hourly expected here.
3: Exit, centre and left, with Lady Leatherbridge. Sir Arthur aside.
1: Hourly expected,
8: but not yet arrived. And I not
3: yet defeated. Martha right, aside and thankfully.
0: Her husband returns, and she is saved. Valeria, left aside. And
6: is mine the only heart that feels no joy? I cannot,
3: dare not, will not meet him. Starting at seeing Sir Arthur's eye fixed upon her. Martha, right, aside and observing her.
0: What ails her? Ah, the tempter's eye is upon her. She trembles, hesitates. Life and death, honour and shame are in that struggle. Ah!
3: Seeing Valeria drop her bouquet. She's lost. Sir Arthur aside.
8: I triumph.
3: Smiles significantly at Martha. Martha, under strong emotion.
0: She stands upon the brink of ruin. Shall I not snatch her from destruction? Yes, yes, I will save her, whose mother preserved mine.
3: Looks at Sir Arthur and drops her bouquet. "'Sir Arthur, centre aside.'
8: "'A double shot, gad.'
3: Stephen, coming down right, picking up Martha's bouquet and presenting it to her.
4: "'Martha, you've dropped your nosegay.'
3: "'Seeing her hesitate.'
4: "'Take it, Martha.'
3: "'In a subdued tone, affectionately pressing her hand.
4: "'The next flowers you wear will be a wreath of bridal flowers.'
3: "'Exit Sir Arthur and Valeria, centre and left.' As he is going out, Sir Arthur turns, looks significantly at Martha, and bows to her. Stephen notices the action and seems struck. Martha, crosses to left, aside, and shuddering. I am sick at heart. Stephen, upright, to Martha, who seems absorbed in thought and gently touching her arm.
4: Martha, the ballroom be nearly empty. Martha,
3: I say... Martha covers her face with her hands.
4: This agitation, this emotion. What has happened?
3: Speak. Martha Center in high excitement. I cannot, cannot, Stephen. Unable to proceed. Heaven help me. Rushes out. Left first exit. Stephen.
4: A long pause. This is strange. Very strange. She says she loves me. Yet when that man returns... THE VERY MAN THAT I'VE BEEN WARNED AGAINST. SHE SEEMS BEWITCHED THAT MOMENT. HER EYES ARE FIXED ON HIM, AND and NOT ONE LOOK FOR ME. AND WHEN I ASK HER TO EXPLAIN, SHE HIDES HER FACE, RUNS AWAY, AND LEAVES ME IN THIS TERRIBLE, CRUEL DOUBT.
3: GOING TO LEFT FIRST EXIT.
4: DOUBT? DID I SAY DOUBT? IF I DID, I OUGHT TO BE ASHAMED MYSELF. FOR LOOK, A LIGHT IN HER ROOM AND HER DOOR OPEN. And there I see her now, sitting with her book spread afore her, and writing down all she said and done and thought, with heaven and her own conscience looking on. Oh, Stephen, tis the first doubt of her that ever came into your heart. And let it be the last. Ah, she rises, shuts her book, and leaves her room. She comes this way. I'll take the other passage. I must and will read what she has written. T'was there I first learnt her worth." "'Tis there I'll seek her justification.'
3: "'Exit. Left second exit. "'Enter Valeria. Left third exit.' "'What can Martha mean?
6: "'Why the mysterious tone and tenor of her words "'as she passed me hurriedly in the corridor? "'She begged, implored
3: me instantly to meet her here. "'Ah, she comes.' re enter Martha hurriedly. Left first exit. "'Martha left, approaching Valeria. "'Oh, thanks. Thanks.' Valeria Wright, coldly and retiring from her.
0: To the business before us, why have you solicited this interview? Martha, with animation. To save you from a villain. Yes, lady, if his actions call him a villain, why should my tongue do less? With increasing energy. The man who cheats at cards is struck from the fraternity of gamblers as a wretch too base to mingle even with the base... But what must that man be, who tempts a virtuous wife to a game where she stakes all and he stakes nothing? Where she, poor cheated thing, madly lays honor, conscience, happiness, heaven itself upon an accursed chance, whilst he has nothing left to lose, not even his worthless character.
3: Valeria aside. Does she presume to rebuke
6: me? Aloud. I beg to know the drift of this eloquent invective.
0: A little patience and you shall.
3: Aside and looking towards window. Not yet come. Goes up left and looking towards right window.
6: You seem expecting someone.
0: Yes, madam. One who loves me. At least he tells me so. Ah, that noise. Hurries to window and looks out. My visitor is here, madam. You may perhaps recognize him.
3: Partly withdrawing curtain, Valeria left, who has gone a few steps up the stage. Sir Arthur, tis he, to Martha. And do you
6: presume to say Sir Arthur has asked a secret interview with you? I do, and even pretended love to you. I do. I'll not believe
0: it. You shall hear it from his own lips. Still so confident. If you prove this,
3: Martha, hurriedly,
0: I will. I will. "'But moments are precious. In... in here...' "'Hurries Valeria into room, right second
3: entrance. "'The window is opened, and Sir Arthur looks cautiously in. "'The
8: window open. "'Then Mr. Plum and his son must have left the house. "'Martha!' "'Are you
3: alone?' "'Yes.' "'Aside.' "'How I tremble.' "'Leans for support on chairs, looking anxiously towards the door at which Valeria has gone out. "'Sir Arthur enters, then, closes the window. "'At this moment the door, left third entrance, is cautiously opened, and Lady
7: Leatherbridge "'looks in.' "'Lady Leatherbridge aside.' "'I was not deceived, then. "'Oh, the monster!' "'Oh, the Huzzy!' "'Closes door again. "'Sir Arthur Wright, "'who turns
3: and sees the motion of the closing door.
8: "'Tis strange. "'My presence seems to agitate the very doors. "'Again. "'Ah, that glance revealed a petticoat. "'I am watched, "'but what jealousy can prompt this espionage?' It must be Valeria.
3: Smiling.
8: Then I must change my tactics. Audacity, befriend
3: me. Approaching Martha and assuming a cold and constrained manner.
8: Martha, you will think me a strange creature, and so I am. But in the fashionable world... One contracts bad habits, and does mischief without intending it. At this evening's ball, for instance, I was betrayed into a tenderness towards you, which, though in every way qualified to inspire it, it is my duty to tell you, you can never create in me.
3: In a loud tone, looking towards the door, Left third entrance. Lady Leatherbridge, looking out. Noble Arthur,
7: take
0: that, hussy. Martha, left aside. Have I been deceived? Loud. But this interview, sir, your own solicitation. Was eminently
8: moral, as my explanation will prove.
3: Directing his speech towards door, left third entrance.
8: My dear young friend. I have long fancied I observed in you a partiality for my society, which, however flattering to my vanity, honour compels me to suppress.
3: Loud and pointedly.
8: My heart has long been exclusively devoted to a woman whose life I had once the happiness to save.
7: Lady Leatherbridge, bobbing at door. Ecstatic recollection! Happy Letitia! The victory's mine! And now for revenge upon that Haze Disappears, closing door with noise. Martha, aside, looking
3: towards
0: door where Valeria is. I thought to save her, and I have completed her ruin. Crosses to right.
3: Sir Arthur, who has observed the closing of the door, left third entrance, hurriedly approaches it and looks out aside.
8: Valeria's gone. She's mine. Now for the other. A little bombast will do good here.
3: Hastening to Martha and assuming a strongly contrasted manner.
8: Dry the tears that dim those lovely eyes, sweet Martha, and let your ear bear these riveting tidings to your heart. I love you
3: martha
0: right aside what do i hear aloud indeed then your love for another
8: sir arthur left poor a mere lover's stratagem to convince myself of your affection and now sweet martha banish jealousy for ever Exert your empire over me, and you will find me the slave of your every wish.
3: About to take her waist. Gate bell, right upper entrance.
8: What noise is
1: that?
3: Martha, running to window. A travelling carriage at the door. Jasper, without, left.
1: What? ho, John, Thomas.
8: Lights here. Plums' voice. The devil.
0: Fly, fly. By the garden. Quick. Uh, We shall meet again. Yes, yes. But fly. Save yourself. Save me.
3: Sir Arthur hurries out at window. At the same moment, Valeria staggers in door. Right second entrance, pale and almost fainting. Leans on chair for support. Right. Martha running to her.
0: Oh, Valeria. Dear Valeria. Speak to me. "'Forgive me, oh, forgive me for the misery you have suffered.' "'Forgive you, Martha, you who have
6: taught me to loathe this heartless hypocrite "'and love the generous husband in whose face I can now presume to look, "'in whose arms I can now presume to seek shelter. "'Forgive you, oh, Martha,
0: my endless gratitude is yours.' "'Speak not gratitude. Say you will love me, lady.' Let me be your friend. My sister.
3: Falling in Martha's arms.
0: And now, dear friend, dear sister, be yourself again. Mr. Plum has this moment unexpectedly returned. Hark, he's here.
3: Jasper, without.
1: Where's Lady Valeria? This way, this way.
3: Martha looks at Valeria, putting her finger on her lip. Enter Jasper, Lady Leatherbridge, and Frederick. In traveling dress, center from left. Frederick, right center.
2: Valeria!
3: Opening his arm. My husband! Rushing into his arm.
2: Dear, dear Valeria, what happiness to meet again. Do you not think so, dearest?
3: Valeria, with deep emotion, and clasping his hand in both of hers. Yes, indeed, indeed I do. They talk apart. Lady Leatherbridge, right
7: center, aside to him. It's all very well, Plum. "'But remember, you have a duty to perform.' "'Pointing to Martha, who is mutely expressing her joy at Frederick's return. "'There she stands. How demure the little hypocrite looks. "'Do your duty, Plum.' "'Jasper, aside to her.'
1: "'You sure of the fact?'
7: "'Quite.'
1: "'Then here goes.'
3: Aloud and assuming a serious tone.
1: "'Frederick, and you, Lady Valeria!'
3: "'Motioning them to approach.'
1: The day of your return home, my dear boy, should have been one of unalloyed happiness to us all. But, unfortunately, it is
2: not so.
3: Looking severely at Martha, Frederick Wright.
2: Father, what mean you?
7: Lady Leatherbridge, aside. Now, now comes the triumph of Leatherbridge over Gibbs.
2: Martha Gibbs!
7: Martha left. Sir, Jasper, centre.
1: You have not been alone since the ball broke up.
3: Martha and Valeria exchange looks.
1: Late as it is, you have had a visitor.
3: Martha, without hesitation. Lady Valeria, sir.
1: The visitor I allude to is Sir Arthur Lassell. I have proofs you have been seen together.
7: Lady
3: Leatherbridge, left centre.
7: yes. I am proud to say I was a listener behind that door. Pointing to left third entrance,
3: Martha and Valeria again exchanged looks of alarm. Jasper to Martha.
1: You are silent, and to think that you, you whom I should soon, very soon, have welcomed as a daughter, should have basely attempted to bring this blight upon the plums. Lose no time in making the necessary preparations for your departure. In ten minutes— you leave this roof forever.
3: Forever? Oh, sir! Burst into tears and hides her face in her hands. Valeria, right, aside. Accused,
6: disgraced, and for me, it must not, shall not
3: be. Allowed. Hold, sir, to Plum. Frederick, right, center.
2: Nay, Valeria, my father is right, for all our sakes. For your sake especially, this unhappy girl must leave this roof. I cannot allow your character to be endangered by any further association with one so undeserving.
3: Martha aside, this from him?
6: Valeria aside, she shall not suffer for my fault. Allowed to
0: Fred. One moment, sir, and listen to me. Martha, quickly. Be silent, lady. I implore, you have heard your husband's words. With emphasis. It is necessary for your reputation that I should leave this house. Valeria
3: crosses rapidly and aside to her.
0: Oh, Martha, you cannot think that I will
3: suffer. Martha aside to her and taking her hand.
0: Nay, Valeria, the knowledge that you are happy will comfort me when I am gone. One more word.
3: With deep emotion.
0: There is one heart besides your own that will lament me. Tell him when I am gone. That I owed a heavy debt of gratitude to a benefactress, and I have paid
3: it. Exit left first entrance. Jasper, center, affected.
1: Somehow or other, I don't feel quite so indignant as I did.
3: Lady Leatherbridge left center aside to him. Plum, you're melting.
1: No, no, no. Plum is all stern again. She must, she shall quit the factory.
3: Enter Stephen hurriedly, center from left, followed by
4: Toby. Quit the factory? Who, Dad? No, no, no anger against anyone the day that my brother comes back to us. Welcome home, Freddy. A hundred and a hundred times welcome.
3: Frederick Wright.
4: Dear Stephen.
3: They shake hands heartily.
5: Ah, my good friend Toby.
3: Shakes Toby's hand. Toby Wright.
5: Yes, sir. I didn't feel inclined to go to bed, and so, for want of something better to do, I was asking myself to take cards when I saw you arrive.
3: Stephen, right centre.
4: And now, Dad, who is it that must quit the factory?
3: Seeing Jasper and Frederick appear confused.
4: Why, father, brother, what's the matter with you both? Toby,
3: affectionately to Jasper.
5: Ain't you well, sir? And yet, you didn't eat and drink so very much after all— If her ladyship had been poorly, I shouldn't have been so much surprised. Fellow! Hold your tongue, Toby.
4: Seriously. For the third time, Father, who is it that must quit the factory?
1: You shall have your answer, Stephen Plum. The person just discharged from your father's factory is... Martha Gibbs.
3: Stephen, starting. Martha Gibbs? But why? Why?
1: Because I have proved her to be ungrateful to me and false to you.'
4: Stephen, staggering. "'False. Father, you have been deceived. Someone has been imposing on your simplicity, for you know
1: you be simple, Dad.
4: You, you've been received. I know. I'm sure you
1: have.'
4: Deeply affected.
1: "'I wish I had my poor boy, but her perfidy is undeniable. I have proofs that on this spot, within this hour, she's received a lover, and that lover not Stephen Plum.'
7: Yes, young
3: man, Stephen violently to her.
2: Silence. Stephen, it grieves me to afflict you, but Martha's permitted visitor this night was Sir Arthur Lascelles.
3: Stephen Wright.
5: Sir Arthur Lassell?
3: Toby Wright suddenly.
5: I knew it. I expected it from what I
1: saw.
3: Stephen Wright center.
1: You knew it?
3: Crosses to Toby. What?
1: Speak, sir. What did you see? Did you observe any familiarity? Speak
5: anxiously. Well, then, I certainly must say my constitutional delicacy was considerably shocked at witnessing the familiarity, Jasper and Lady Leatherbridge.
3: Anxiously,
5: yes, 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 yes. the astonishing familiarity between you and Lady Leatherbridge.
3: Jasper and Lady Leatherbridge turn upstage indignantly. <laughs>
4: "'Well said, Toby. I can laugh now. I will laugh, for I see the plot against me. My father and brother would blush to see me marry an honest girl out of honest love, and they'd do this cruel thing to drive me mad. But I'll not go mad. Martha Gibbs shall be my wife, for she's innocent. I know it, and can prove it.'"
3: Lady Leatherbridge left. Absurd, Stephen, violent.
5: "'Silence, woman!'
3: Toby, Write confidentially to her.
5: I would really advise you to put a curb on your parts of speech.
3: Stephen Wright crosses the centre.
5: Father, come here, and you too, brother.
4: If I could show you, prove to you, that Martha has for some time past, years perhaps, never laid her head upon her pillow at night without writing down in a book everything that she had thought, said, or done in the day that was gone. Supposing, I say, that this poor girl's diary was placed in your hands, would you? Could you disbelieve what you found written in it? No, I'm sure you couldn't. Such a diary has Martha kept, and here it is.
3: Produces book and opens it.
4: Yes, here's the page she has just written. The ink scarce dry. I had a hard matter to find it in the dark, but though I've not read it, I know that it will justify her. Listen. Reading. During the ball tonight... Mr. Stephen took me aside and told me that he loved me. I did, Dad. I let the secret out. I couldn't help it. Reading again. The next moment, Sir Arthur Lassell came to me and... and...
2: Suddenly stopping.
4: No. No. It can't be.
2: Proceed, Stephen.
3: Stephen collecting himself and reading slowly. Sir Arthur Lassell came to me and telling me... Covers his face with his hand. Frederick reading the book which Stephen still holds in his hand.
2: And telling me he loved, too, solicited an interview, which I granted.
3: Stephen falls into a chair right, overwhelmed with grief. Valeria snatches book out of Stephen's hand and looks at it, then aside. Not one word that condemns
6: or even compromises me. "'Dear, generous, noble-hearted girl,
3: you have taught me my duty.' Hastens to table left, seats herself, and writes. Frederick goes to Stephen and attempts to console him. Enter Martha, left first entrance. She has changed her dress to that of a spinner, as in Act One. She carries an account book. Jasper crosses to her. Martha to Jasper.
0: "'Before I leave the factory, sir,' I wish to place in your hands these accounts. You will find I have kept them faithfully. See Stephen, who, at the first sound of her voice, has looked up
3: their eyes meet aside. Stephen here,
0: and they have told him all. I can bear their scorn, but not his sorrow. Stephen,
3: putting Frederick aside, who endeavours to detain him, and advancing towards Martha Martha with a violent effort to control himself.
4: You said to me, not an hour since, Stephen had confidence to love, and whatever you may hear, whatever you may see, trust me, I will be worthy of them both. What I have heard, Martha, I need not tell you. What I have seen, I must tell you. I have seen, written in your diary, in your own hand, that after I had told you that I loved you, and proved that love by asking you to be my wife— "'Sir Arthur Lassell, telling you he loved you too, "'solicited an interview, which you granted. "'I now ask you, Martha, is this true? "'Has that man been here?' "'Martha, in a subdued tone.'
3: "'He has.' Stephen, without looking at her, "'motions with his hand towards the door, center.
4: "'Oh, Martha, go, go.'
3: "'Martha is about to go when she turns takes Stephen's hand and presses it to her lips. Then, about to go off, Valeria, suddenly rising, advancing to left-center. Hold! To Jasper and Frederick, who are about to interfere. One moment, I beg, Martha. Martha turns. Stephen retires up left, and there watches the scene. Valeria, left-center, resuming in a loud and decided tone.
6: Martha, I must not... WILL not accept your generous sacrifice. sacrifice.
2: Sacrifice?
3: Martha eagerly to Valeria. Oh, madam, what are you about to do? Valeria, center. My duty.
6: These pages, the poor girl's diary, upon which you have accused, condemned, and degraded her, contain but a portion of the truth. The supplement I
3: have supplied, placing the book in Fred's hand. Read, sir. Frederick, right-center aside.
2: What can this mean?
3: Reading aloud.
2: Sir Arthur Lassell solicited an interview, which I granted. No, for the supplement.
3: All appear anxious.
2: In Valeria's handwriting. Why do I tremble? Reads. Martha granted the interview, not to indulge her affection, but to dispel my infatuation. THIS FALSE FRIEND ONCE PRESERVED MY LIFE, AND REARED UPON MY GRATITUDE, THE BASE DESIGN OF ROBBING ME, OF ALL THAT MAKES LIFE WORTH PRESERVING. TO SAVE ME, MARTHA TORE AWAY HIS MASK, AND EXPOSED THE FEATURES OF THE SELFISH LIBERTINE. O FREDERICK, TO THIS culminated GENEROUS GIRL I OWE, PERHAPS THE PRECIOUS PRIVILEGE OF THUS ASKING YOUR FORGIVENESS
3: turns and sees Valeria on her knees before him, her face buried in her hands, unable to speak, lets the book fall and staggers to chair right. Stephen left. She's innocent. She's innocent.
4: Oh, my blessed girl. Oh.
3: Rushing forward and receiving Martha, who sinks into his arms. Toby right, imitating Stephen's hysterical laugh. (laughs) <laughs> throws his arm around Lady Leatherbridge. Martha, recovering, runs to Valeria and addresses Frederick. Oh, sir, speak to her. Her heart is almost breaking. Frederick right center to Martha.
2: Noble girl, you are too just to urge me to my own dishonor. Your virtue is my full security that I am not called upon to pardon guilt
3: turns to Valeria, still kneeling, opens his arms.
2: Valeria!
3: She rushes into them.
2: No allusions to the past. No word of reproach shall ever pass my lips.
3: Sir Arthur heard without, center and left. My friend Frederick has returned, say you? Frederick, right center.
2: Ah, the villain's voice.
3: Valeria, centre. Frederick, for my sake, no violence! Stephen,
4: left.
2: No, Freddy,
4: no violence. I'll just chuck him out the window or something of that sort.
3: Jasper picks up Book and crosses left. Toby, right.
5: Or suppose we treat him with the quiet contempt he deserves and all pitch into him at once.
3: Stephen turns upstage left and crosses to right centre at back. Enter Sir Arthur, centre from left. Toby, meeting him and bowing him down.
5: This way, sir. I won't take your hat and cane, because I don't think yours is likely to be a long visit. Sir Arthur, centre, looking around the room. Quite a family party, I
8: declare. To Frederick. My dear Frederick, I heard of your arrival, and late as it is, hastened to congratulate you.
3: Offering hand. Frederick is about to assault him, but is withheld by Valeria and Stephen. Frederick, I implore. Stephen, right center, getting between Frederick and Sir Arthur. To Frederick.
4: Be quiet, Freddy. Let me talk to him. If you let me talk to him, I won't chuck him out of the window. There, now. To Sir Arthur, smiling. Yes, sir. As you say, we be quite a family party. There be Freddy and his wife, and there be me and my wife.
3: HERE VALERIA AND MARTHA POINTEDLY EMBRACE THEIR HUSBANDS.
4: AND THERE BE DAD AND HIS NEW DAUGHTER MARTHA.
3: JASPER LEFT, TAKING MARTHA IN HIS ARMS.
1: YES, THE DEAR ADOPTED DAUGHTER, THE PRIDE OF THE HOUSE OF PLUM.
3: SIR ARTHUR, SEND HER ASIDE. THEY
8: HAVE COUNTERPLOTTED, AND I HAVE GOT THE WORST OF IT. But I'll mortify them by my unconquerable serenity. Aloud, My dear friends, I congratulate you all.
3: Sarcastically.
8: The ladies especially. I will intrude no longer.
3: Frederick, advancing.
2: One moment, Sir Arthur Lascelles, but that reflection tells me my indignation will be thrown away rely on it. I should have readily found a tongue and weapon to express it. You have disappointed me, even of revenge. The man who is incapable of shame is unworthy of resentment. Retire, sir. Retire. Inevitably. Safe in the contempt and scorn you inspire.
3: Points to door. Sir Arthur, with perfect placidity. "'Contempt and scorn? Well,
8: I rarely quarrel with expressions. Indeed, it would be singularly unjust on this occasion, for I can assure Mr. Frederick Plum and the rest of this refined, cotton-spinning fraternity, that I take my leave with the most profound reciprocity of feeling.' Bowing low
3: and moving to door.
8: Ha, ha, ha.
3: Toby, right upstage, thundering in his ear. Ha, 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 Go to the devil. Toby, Points to door.
5: After you, if you please.
3: Exit Sir Arthur, center and right. Jasper, center.
1: Sheeblis to the last.
3: Taking Stephen aside.
1: Stephen, my boy. I see that you are right. All that glitters is not gold.
3: Stephen, left aside to Jasper.
4: Gold. Lord love you. No, Dad. But— Pointing after Sir Arthur. They do work up brass with such a polish nowadays. It
5: be no easy job to tell one from the other.
3: Toby returning down stage right.
5: Well, I'm not naturally fond of rascals, but I do like that man. He's such an out and outer.
7: Lady Leatherbridge, right aside. I've lost Arthur, but Plum remains. To be sure, the thing is old and the thing is ugly, but the thing has money. I'll try the thing. Loud. Plum. Simpering and nodding. Oh, Plum. Jasper, center
3: aside.
1: I do believe she's ugly, me. Heaven preserve me.
3: Shakes a decided negative. Toby write confidently to Lady Leatherbridge.
5: Mr. Plum doesn't seem to cry about it, my lady, but if you'll leave me everything you've got when you've gone and go as soon as you conveniently can, you'll be at liberty to propose for me.
7: Fo
3: Flings out centre and left. Toby follows her upstage and returns down left. Jasper centre.
1: We have shrunk to a narrow circle. But I begin to think that the circle of happiness is like one of your factory wheels, Stephen. All the stronger, the smaller the circumference. Bless you all, my children. Bless you all.
3: Frederick passes to write. Stephen, presenting diary to Martha,
1: Martha,
4: look here, your diary. What will be your next entry in this precious book?
3: Martha left.
0: I hardly know. Crossing to audience
3: left center
0: hesitatingly. But if on retiring I dared venture to inscribe there that we have gained the approving sympathies of the good kind hearts around us that would indeed be the brightest page the proudest line in all the poor girl's diary. Curtain End
3: of Act Two End of All That Glitters Is Not Gold by John Madison Morton and Thomas Morton.